The last episode ended with Jem quitting that movie she was supposed to be in, which I guess is a little sad, except she already owns her own record company and is a pretty successful pop star, so I'm having a hard time feeling particularly bad about this. Also, an orphan is about to go blind, and I am being completely sincere when I tell you that I am much more invested in that plot. There is a type of laser surgery that has worked in some cases like this, but it's very experimental. Ah, uh, cop out. You didn't say that at the end of the last episode. Also, I can't tell if laser surgery was crazy speculative fiction in the 80s or something that actually existed, and I'm certainly not going to bother looking it up. I have a brand to maintain here. The surgery in question costs $250,000. That's an outrageous amount of money. Okay, you can't just keep saying things are outrageous. I realize you have a brand to maintain as well, but there are so many other adjectives available to you. Why not talk about how lugubrious the situation is? Or about that bellicose pizzazz? Jerrica remembers she owns a record company and goes there for some money, but apparently Eric ran her company into the ground promoting the Misfits movie, even though he doesn't actually work there anymore? Anyway, this puts the holograms in the unpleasant position of having to unquit from the movie to raise money for that orphan's eye surgery. Eric lets them come back, but only if Jerrica agrees to be his assistant. She's a CEO of a company, and now she's getting him coffee. Jesus, this guy sucks. Video accidentally spills why the holograms came back, and Eric and two-thirds of the misfits realize they can use this whole orphan-going-blind thing to their advantage, and my god, they are so evil! Well, there is the one misfit who's kind of sympathetic to orphans, which I think counts as continuity. The Misfits do a song called Congratulations, which isn't particularly catchy, but it is unapologetically cruel, which is kind of great. Then they get back to the whole extremely complicated web of lust they started in the previous episode, and I still find it very confusing, but I suppose this is what I get for complaining about the lack of a love triangle earlier in the series. Then there's more scurrying around and quick changing since Jem and Jerrica are supposed to be in the same place at the same time, and seriously, how is this already so tiresome? We're only at episode 7. Also, we've already seen that Synergy can make a hollow gem and or hollow Jerrica like so much robot duplicate Superman, so there's zero suspense in the idea that she might get caught in this situation. Shooting begins on the movie's pivotal casino scene in which Jem's romantic lead, who's dressed like the casino is on a riverboat in the 1880s, dumps her for pizzazz. They kiss, Eric calls cut, and the fancy lad implies that she's a lousy kisser, leading to pizzazz delivering the best line of the episode. I want a soda. Suddenly this is a Gamera movie. Nobody's gonna get that. Then Pizzazz has Clash switch out the call sheets for the hologram, sending them to different sound stages, which I assume is an extremely relatable situation for anyone who's worked on a movie set in the 1980s. Whereas I, who never worked on a movie set in the 1980s, just thought, why not ask Miguel, the production guy, what's going on? He seems to be the only one here who has his shit together anyway. There's a song called Show Me The Way, which is kind of a step backwards as hologram songs go. But on the plus side, we get to watch the band visit various movie sets, which gives the animators an excuse to show us stuff like a spaceman wrestling an alligator with laser eyes. So honestly, I wasn't going to be paying very close attention to the song anyway. Also, surprise shipwreck cameo. Then the movie shoots some kind of medieval sword fighting scene, in case you'd started to reconcile the earlier confusion about the temporal setting of this thing. And Eric makes Jem do a dangerous stunt without the assistance of a double. Suddenly this is a Katherine Hepburn movie. Nobody's gonna get that either. Purple-haired boyfriend swoops into Jem's rescue, which is kinda hardcore, actually. Except, isn't he supposed to be Jerrica's boyfriend and not Jem's? Meanwhile, video has been shooting all of Eric's reckless directing on... video and just carelessly leaves the tape labeled Jem's Accident lying around for Clash to find and erase. Except, hang on, it was all a trick, and okay, I'm calling it now. Video also has her shit together. But then Jem says she can't do anything with the tape anyway because it'll shut the production down and they need that money to save Bonnie's eyes. 
Now they're shooting a dirt bike scene, and seriously, how a go is this movie? Kimber still has a thing for the male lead, while the stunt dude still has a thing for her, which cues the song Love Is Doing It To Me, which they definitely didn't mean doing it in that sense, but I'm gonna choose to believe they did. The misfit Roxy has a thing for the stunt dude, and I was so proud of myself for finally making sense of all this, and resents the little kiss for good luck that Kimber gives him, so she rigs a stunt to go wrong and blow up Kimber. Except for some reason, Kimber does raid a stunt double, which they just told us about. So we already know exactly how they're gonna cheat their way out of this one in the next part. I mean, what is this, an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation? Okay, somebody might get that. 